Welcome to 7-Minute Torah. I'm Rabbi Micah Streifer. In this podcast, we explore the weekly Torah portion in about 7 to 10 minutes through modern, liberal Jewish eyes. Sometimes it's just me, and other weeks I'm in conversation with another rabbi or a Jewish thought leader. Thanks for tuning in. All right, thanks for tuning in, everybody. First, I want to say welcome to our new listeners who found the podcast this week through my Twitter feed. We're glad you're here. Welcome to this community of learners. The Parsha this week is called Baha'alotcha. It's a longer one. It encompasses five chapters, the book of Numbers chapters 8 through 12. And this is a momentous portion because this is the moment when the Israelites actually leave Mount Sinai and push off into the desert to wander for 40 years. Of course, they don't know they're going to wander for 40 years. We'll learn about that next week. But either way, they move their way into the desert to head toward the promised land. It's easy to forget just how long the Israelites had been at Sinai. When we think about Sinai, we usually think about the Ten Commandments. But in fact, the Israelites arrived at Sinai back at Parshat Yitro. That's the middle of the book of Exodus, which we read on January 22nd. So for the last almost six months, we've been reading about everything that went on at Sinai. The people receiving the Ten Commandments, receiving the entire Torah, receiving a whole series of laws, building a mishkan, a tabernacle, learning about the sacrificial things that were to go on in that tabernacle. And now finally, as we enter the heart of the book of Bamidbar, the book of Numbers, we're ready to make our way, Bamidbar, make our way into the desert. So this is what we read in Numbers chapter 10, verse 11. It says, Vayihi bashanah shenit b'chodesh hasheni, in the second year, on the twentieth day of the second month, the cloud lifted from the Mishkan Ha'edut, from the sanctuary, and the Israelites set out on their journeys from the wilderness of Sinai. So from this point forth, the rest of the parasha and the rest of the book, and really in many ways the rest of the Torah, is the story of our making our way toward the promised land. That story is not always a pretty one. And we'll see as we read through this parsha and the rest of the book of Numbers that it tells the story of rebellion after rebellion after rebellion. These Israelites who had been slaves not long ago are very afraid and they show their fear of the unknown by rebelling against Moses and against God over and over again. So we'll see the Israelites complaining that they don't have enough to eat. We'll see them complaining about being in the desert. We'll see them complaining about Moses' leadership. But at the same time, we're watching the institutions of Israelite life and really of Jewish life getting put into place. So the sanctuary, the priestly sacrifice that goes in it, the leadership of Moses. What we're really seeing here is Moses growing into a leader over the course of 40 years, and leading the Israelites as they grow into Jewish life. And there's an incident in this week's parsha that really brings that home. It starts with a rebellion, you won't be surprised to learn. The Israelites complain that they don't have enough food to eat. And Moses then goes and in turn 
complains to God or cries out to God. And he essentially says, God, this is too much for me. I can't do this on my own. In fact, quite literally, this is chapter 11, verse 14. He says, Lo chal set et kol ha'am I can't carry this entire people myself. Ki mimeni. It's too hard for me. It's too heavy for me. And God makes a very wise leadership suggestion. For the second time in Torah, Moses is advised to set up a council of leaders, a council of 70 elders who will help him to lead the people. And he does so. He gathers together 70 elders and they become a council and they begin to prophesy, it says. They begin to... Well, it's not exactly clear what's happening. It says the spirit rested on them and they spoke in ecstasy. They they prophesied, which essentially means they spoke for God. They had the spirit of God's leadership, the spirit of God's presence on them, and they, like Moses, became leaders of the people. So lesson number one here given to Moses is you don't have to do all the work yourself. It's okay. In fact, it's, pre- it's preferable to delegate, and to be part of a team. Now, if we keep reading, the plot thickens. 68 of those 70 elders stop prophesying. Their shift is done, I guess. But two of them, by the name of Eldad and Medad, keep going. They continue to prophesy. They continue to speak for God. And Joshua, who is essentially Moses' assistant, feels threatened by this, and he runs over to Moses and essentially says, Moses, make them stop. They're continuing to prophesy. Now, the Torah doesn't tell us why Joshua wanted them to stop, but the commentators have a couple of theories. One is that what they were prophesying was essentially bad news, that that Moses wouldn't enter the promised land. And that was true, but Joshua didn't want to hear it. It wasn't the kind of message he wanted out among the people. Another possibility is that there was a, a rule or an understanding that a lesser prophet shouldn't prophesy in the presence of a greater prophet. And since Moses was the greatest of all the prophets, Joshua felt it was inappropriate for these two to continue doing this in the presence of Moses. Either way, Moses's response is telling. Joshua comes over and says, Moses, make them stop. And he says, tali." Are you wrought up on my account, he says? Would that all God's people were prophets. So Moses is not in any way threatened by these two continuing to serve in a leadership role. Even if they're potentially telling bad news about him, even if they are of a lesser stature than him and they're continuing to act in his presence, Moses says, I wish that there were many leaders. I wish that all God's people were leaders, were in this kind of role. And I think there's a lesson in there for our lives as well, which is that part of leadership is listening to others. Even if those others are of quote-unquote lesser stature, even if what they have to say isn't something we want to hear, isn't something that we agree with, or isn't good news. Leadership means listening. Leadership means hearing what others have to say, accepting truth from whatever source it might come from. 
And interestingly enough, I think that Moses' words here foretell the direction that Judaism would move in. Judaism ultimately moved away from leadership by priests and prophets, which is to say leadership by special appointment or by heredity, and toward leadership by rabbis. And rabbis are just people who study and who lead others in study. So ultimately, one of the central messages of Judaism is that Everybody has a truth to tell. We find our truth through study and learning, and by sharing with others and listening to others. Would that all God's people were prophets, Moses says, and ultimately his spiritual descendants created a way of life where anybody can speak for God, such as it is, by learning and studying and trying to understand the truths that come out of our learning. So may we open our ears and our hearts and our minds to the truths that others have to tell us, even if those truths are inconvenient for us. And may we surround ourselves, not just with people who tell us what we want to hear, but with people who value learning and listening. Those, I think, are the ways that we encourage ourselves to become our best selves, and ultimately, that we create our best world. Thanks for listening. Have a great week. Thanks for listening to 7-Minute Torah. If you enjoy this program, I'd appreciate if you'd leave a review on whatever podcast app you're listening on. You can also join us in our Facebook group, 7-Minute Torah, Listen and Discuss. Please join me again next week as we make modern meaning out of ancient texts.